Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket or tournament bracket is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate matchups. In these special mini episodes, special rules apply. First of all, it's just little old me here. While there is no guest, I will still be talking through these matchups in a thorough and even handed manner. Then, unlike a full episode of Who You Got, we will only be debating four items here. That means two semifinal matchups and then a final face off to take the crown. Lastly, there are no strict time limits on each round, but thankfully, we have the man himself, Graham Zima, over here on the knobs. To call me out just in case I start stalling out of sheer indecisiveness. As the 2010s have now drawn to a close, we'll be finishing up our little multi-episode retrospective here on many episodes of Who You Got. That's right, this is the final episode of Dayton's Favorite Things of the Decade. With each mini-episode, we discussed a category of things that I, quote-unquote, got into in the 2010s, or a category of things that I feel thrived over the past 10 years. Then we discussed my four favorite things of that category and picked the best. Here, at the end of the day, you'll be able to look back at these four winning items and see how I characterize the 20-teens. So let's do it one fourth and final time. Our topic today in this series is electronic songs. Electronic music gets a bad rap, so much so that I outright ignored this genre in the early years of this decade. If there was so much as a single synthesized note, I refused to listen. I was a rocker to my core. And then I heard artists like Midas, Porter Robinson, Prism, and genre blenders like Anamataguchi. When I started spending time in the music of artists like these, I opened up to the worlds each of them created. There are four electronic songs that I would like to discuss today. They are Hear the Bells by Porter Robinson against Queen of Hearts by Prism in the first round, and John Hughes by Anamanaguchi versus Life of Sin Part 6 by Midas in the second. These tunes have firmly cemented the genre as something I will be exploring thoroughly in the 2020s. As such, the best among them will be crowned the Synthesizer, my favorite electronic song of the 2010s. Fun fact, the word sire, in addition to being a term to address royalty, means the male breeding parent of an animal? The, the, the latter definition has no bearing here, as I hope you might have guessed, but you can't be too clear. So let's turn up the music and get started on this episode of Who You Got. So in the first round, we have Hear the Bells by Porter Robinson against Queen of Hearts by Prism. Hear the Bells is from Porter Robinson's 2014 album, Worlds, widely lauded, critically acclaimed. The whole album is absolutely a triumph, and one of my favorites from the decade. But we're talking about one specific special song here, the seventh track. So, what about Hear the Bells sticks out to me? It starts out a bit enigmatically, I suppose, with some shimmery synths that seem to nearly come from underwater. It's very mysterious sounding. Then the vocals take over, with lyrics illustrating a sense of distant but discernible hope. Effectively, the song demonstrates that moment that you realize that you can see yourself getting better, getting healthier, getting happier one day, even though it still feels a little bit far off. 
Then some guitar chords come in, scattered over the sound, building this incredible atmosphere. Finally, the synth lead hits with this astounding cathartic force, a great, instantly memorable melody. Throughout, the verses are steady and elegant, and the bridge uses sounds that I can only really describe as something from an N64 game, Nintendo 64 game, like Ocarina of Time, or maybe even that weird Hercules game. It adds to that sense of nostalgia and melancholy. The song hits a feeling not necessarily typical of most electronic music. It's kind of bittersweet. The whole song, to me, says that there's a tough journey ahead, but a loving home awaits you at the end. What a unique and powerful thought, and something that's it's kind of surprising when you imagine jumping into this genre. But you may already know all this. Porter Robinson is quite famous, and in fact, he was nominated for a Grammy in 2019, I believe. So, what about this Prism? So, for those of you who may not look at the show notes for who you got, Prism is actually spelled P-R-X-Z-M. So, you know that they mean business. But, in all seriousness, I discovered Prism when they opened for another artist I was seeing at the Miramar in Milwaukee. They immediately captured my attention with their unique sort of vaporwave aesthetic, really organic, natural performances that felt like something at a rock concert but was using electronic instrumentation, and they sort of have an R&B-inspired electropop sound. Afterward, they stayed for a meet-and-greet, where they gave me a deal on a t-shirt, signed a poster for me, and generally expressed genuine interest in me as a new fan. I felt really welcome among them. And needless to say, I was enamored, and I'm hoping you should be too. These guys really could be the next big thing, the way that pop music is moving. But yes, specifically their song, Queen of Hearts, is what we're talking about here today. I heard this tune that night. The first time I heard it was live, and from its first moments, I was immediately enchanted. The altered, rapid, harmonized vocals are pretty unusual and interesting, something that you'd really hope to see in electronic music, experimentation. And it's fascinating how quickly and effectively this vocal play blends into the background music. It takes on almost a percussive quality, like it's another part of the drum kit. The speed of these vocals is eventually a little bit betrayed in a good way by a calmer, more ambient pace of the verse. The lead singer, Emma Maidenberg, her vocals come in then with a delightful sort of airiness, but not the familiar sort of airiness that you're used to hearing on the radio. It has a little bit more power, a little bit more meat, a little bit more confidence than that. The pre-chorus adds in a a couple additional melodies on the synths with more vocal flourishes. It starts feeling like this big, beautiful music box. Right before the chorus, there's a surprising little twist. There's three sort of guitar squeals that somehow transition perfectly into the hit of the chorus. And there's more memorable melodies there, too, in addition to some more rhythmic guitar elements. The lyrics of Queen of Hearts are a little bit more conventional. I think that's where maybe this song falls a little bit short for me. There's lots of imagery of the narrator having romantic control in a relationship, having a spell over another person, sort of sassily saying, ha, have you wrapped around my finger? Thankfully, this isn't played in an irritating or grating way. Coincidentally, it's pretty alluring, so the song, its subject matter, is literally affecting the listener in addition to this character in the story it's painting. 
Ultimately, however, I can't help but be a bit more invested and immersed in Hear the Bells. A key appeal of this genre for me is its ability to create these sort of emotional spaces. The typical instruments and pieces of electronic music have such dimension and movement to them. I always feel like when I'm listening to them that I'm in a 3D space. The best electronic songs make you feel like you are inhabiting a space, more than most genres I regularly enjoy. Both Hear the Bells and Queen of Hearts achieve this to a certain degree, but Porter Robinson's songs feels a little bit more complete and fleshed out in this way. Queen of Hearts is a great pop song, but it doesn't feel as new and as indicative of what the genre can offer. It's a bit more familiar. Hear the Bells transports you. For that reason, a ding ding ding, Porter Robinson's Hear the Bells trounces Prism's Queen of Hearts, but definitely give Prism some love. They deserve it. I, you know, earlier I said they could be the next big thing in 2020 and beyond. Let's make them the next big thing in the 2020s. Anyway, onto the second semifinal match between John Hughes by Anamanaguchi and Life of Sin Part 6 by Midas. John Hughes and Anamanaguchi, for that matter, are the least conventional electronic artists on this bracket. Anamanaguchi is a chiptune band, actually. They're effectively a rock group in their structure and the way that they approach their instruments, but they use a hacked Nintendo Entertainment System, NES, and a hacked Game Boy to create most of their lead instrumentations. They only occasionally feature vocals. Most of the time, their lead melody is handled by the little bleeps and bloops of the game video games we grew up with. I know, it's super cool. The unique sound of the band comes out right away at the beginning of my song of choice, John Hughes. The main chimp tune melody approaches the listener in kind of a spatial way. It really crescendos in, and it feels like the beginning of a video game level. It feels like a, a character is running on screen, sort of in an automatic sort of cutscene, and preparing to be commandeered by the player. And by the time that that verse main part hits, that's when the player takes control. And little bloopy little drum sounds, indicative of those video games of that time, uh, decorate the backing track and build this sort of full build into the entire rock instrumentation that Anamanaguchi also provides. The song has such inherent force and warmth. Honestly, Anamanaguchi creates some of my favorite melodies I've ever heard. I feel like these guys have never chosen an incorrect note when creating a chorus. John Hughes continues throughout the song with more chugging sounds and a little bit more rock noises. Eventually it incorporates additional familiar chiptune-like noises and Anamanaguchi, if they do anything for you, they show you all the unique sort of dings, ripples, buzzes, chimes, dongs that original 8-bit systems could make. Plus, they play with them in a really, really energetic and organic way. In John Hughes, there's even a little bit of a mini guitar solo, and ultimately, when you hear that, you just think, man, if you're a big old dork like me, you just think, man, this song has everything I want in it. Because the song is named John Hughes, when I listened to it, I always sort of pictured a young lover sprinting through a neighborhood or an airport or a video game level to meet, find, or save their love. This song is really bafflingly evocative for simply referencing a classic teen movie director. 
It makes me really giddy to hear it and a little bit angry. I mean, save some talent for the rest of us, Anamanaguchi. <laughs> Speaking of talent, let's talk about another one of my favorite artists from the decade. Midas. That's M-I-T-I-S. If you want to get into electronic music, start with Midas. I cannot recommend him enough. This guy is a classically trained pianist turned electronic artist. His music is so consistently devastating. So much of his music, maybe more than any other artist I've listened to, has made me openly weep. <laughs> I tie his anthems to friends and family I've lost to help me cope. I use his songs to remember them. That's how good he is. And most of his music doesn't even have lyrics. It's not like a certain word or a certain idea is capturing me here and connecting me back to those people. It's the pure soundscapes he creates. One of his most recent songs, Life of Sin, Part 6, is one of the best examples of that. It opens up with this nice, warm, haunting, distant synth, eventually closing in on the listener with light echoing notes, sort of like water droplets. The whole thing tightens up then into this landscape of toe-tapping sound, complete with piano, drums, claps, and a really beautiful, cascading, determined-sounding ending. It reminds me of, again, without lyrics, driving down country highways where I grew up at sunset during high school. Why does it remind me of that exactly? I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. That's the thing with these electronic artists. They tap into something really primal and universal for being apparently synthetic sound. They welcome us into this musical space where we can nearly relive memories. Midas is the artist that I have found that perhaps speaks to me most in this way. It's worth noting that for this song, the name isn't random. It's very deliberate, actually. It's indeed the newest, the sixth, part of a six-part electronic dance music opera. An electropera? No, that doesn't sound right. That does not roll off the tongue. Anyway, I can assure you that every single second of all six of the songs in the Life of Sin series is utterly magical. Part six, for me, isn't just the newest part, the most familiar part. It may also be my favorite, just because it has this sharpness, this punchiness, this really deliberate construction that yet captures that soft, cloudy, dreamlike state that I dive into when I listen to electronic music. Part six feels purposeful and content and final. I, I'd be really curious to see if Midas continues it with a part seven because this really does feel like a, a, a sort of a credit sequence, a denouement. Let me put it this way. If this was the final song I heard before I pass on from this life, I would be happy, maybe even overjoyed. Does that make it pull ahead of Anamanaguchi? I don't know. I can't really think of a higher compliment than that, so I would say so. Anamanaguchi is really brilliant. Uh, a favorite fan, uh, band among me and Zach Zembo, who's been on the show before. But I think their methods can sometimes get in the way of their pure meaning and feeling. I often feel like I think about the video games and the anime and the rom-coms that inspired them when I listen to their music. Instead of just living in the song like I do with Life of Sin Part 6 and so much of Midas's music. So, Life of Sin Part 6 by Midas lives on while John Hughes by Anamanaguchi is blown out like 16 candles. So, that brings us to the finals. Who will be the synthesizer? Will it be Hear the Bells by Porter Robinson, or will it be Life of Sin Part 6 by Midas? 
I think a key difference between these two songs is the use or non-use of lyrics. Hear the Bells has them, has words, while Life of Sin Part 6 does not. So which do I think is more effective? Honestly, I think I appreciate what Life of Sin Part 6 is able to achieve without the words. Hear the Bells feels a bit more set in its meaning, while Life of Sin Part 6 feels like a feeling, a memory, a universe that I can completely inhabit. And that's really what I'm looking for in my electronic music. And that's what I failed to realize the genre could do for people. So, for a moment, bear with me, forget the bracket. This is the lesson of today. Never underestimate what a genre or a media can do for you. Maybe this is the first podcast you've ever listened to. If it is, welcome. And there's so much more for you to explore. I'm just the tip of the iceberg. Hopefully this show has reached you in some way, and please don't stop here. Don't ever stop welcoming art and beauty and creativity into your life, especially as we enter this new decade. When you find something that means the world to you, it will become more than worth it. That search will become worth every wait. That's how I found Porter Robinson in the 2010s. That's how I found Midas in the 2010s. I'm really, really grateful for that openness. But I've never shied away from a final who you got decision here before. So is the winner Life of Sin Part 6? I think so. It demonstrates exactly and fully what I want people to know about electronic music. Here the Bells is brilliant, but not as effective in this venture. I apologize if I sort of made it seem like a no contest here in the finals, but just listening to Life of Sin Part 6 and its entire electropora in preparation for this episode, I just disappeared into it. As I listened from Part 1 to Part 6, I saw so many familiar and otherworldly places in my mind. I felt so many things I've felt and have yet to feel. I've remembered so many faces I've loved and lost. I know this sounds like I'm like tripping balls or something, and I've never taken psychedelics, so it may indeed be somewhat reminiscent of that, but I maybe I'm just sort of allowing my brain to do that through this music. And at the end of the day, I just can't sell you hard enough on the music of Midas and Porter Robinson, Anamanaguchi and Prism for that matter, and their incredible work in the 2010s. Don't miss out like I did for so long. Start the 2020s with an incredible electronic soundtrack and at the beginning of that playlist might just be the synthesizer my favorite electronic song of the 2010s life of sin part six by midas as always thank you for joining me on this mini episode of who you got that's a wrap on dayton's favorite things of the decade I hope this series made you look back on the decade with fondness and gratitude. I'm really thankful that Graham Zima here and other Milwaukee artists gave me this platform in the 2010s. I'm working hard on multiple projects for Zima Podcasting Network and beyond for this decade, so I encourage you to stay tuned into everything who you got and myself as a host are doing. I hope I can give you something that you can call one of your favorites of the 2020s. You won't want to miss anything, so follow Who You Got on Instagram and Facebook. You can suggest topics for any episode, anytime. I look forward to seeing what you guys want to see me run through the bracket in 2020. Then, of course, wherever you're listening, please review, like, and share. 
Five-star ratings are great. Your thoughts and suggestions are great. And your friends and family joining the party and listening in with us would be the absolute greatest. Thank you again for joining me on this mini episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hobbin, and we'll see you next time.